Eternal Dirtles is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast sponsored by Paragon City Games and Cast Haven. You can find out more at patreon.com slash eternaldirtles. Welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and Nate is sick this week, so it's just going to be me. Um, so you have to bear with me, uh, and hopefully it's not too awkward for anybody. Uh, generally, I like to let Nate do a lot of the talking and play the Pat Summerall to his John Madden, or maybe maybe I'm John Madden to his Pat Summerall. I'm the more nonsensical one of the two of us, for sure. Uh, but anyhow, uh, so... Hopefully everyone's having a good week. Uh, I'm just going to jump right into the Legacy metagame and uh, talk about uh, what the top eight decks are right now, and uh, we can kind of go go from there, and uh, I'll discuss uh, some other stuff. So here we go. Uh, looking at MTG Goldfish right now, um, looking at the Legacy metagame, the top eight decks are as follows. Grixis Delver, four-color control, check pile. Uh, Miracles, Turbo Depths. Uh, Ad Nauseam Tendrils, Lands, Death and Taxes, and Sultai Delver. Uh, you'll notice uh, that basically we're looking at Grixis Delver and Four Color Control almost being the same same deck right now. It's the difference between playing uh, Delver Secrets or playing uh, Baleful, Baleful Strix and uh, using, using that extra green mana for cards like Abrupt Decay um, out of the board. And... Uh, and mostly the the green the green splash is just to be able to gain life off of the uh, the Delver of Secrets, but uh, Grixis uh, Delver doesn't play cards like Cryptic. Uh, sorry, uh, Colgan's Command uh, and uh, and uh, him to Torak generally isn't played in that deck either. Jace the Mind Sculptor being another lar- uh, larger threat that uh, that four color control uh, check pile plays. So. Uh, it's interesting to see that those both those decks are so high up in in the metagame uh, together because uh, normally you know those are the same person playing those decks I, I'd like to think um, but it's it's really cool seeing that miracles has sort of eked its way back up to the third spot I actually got a chance to play miracles at my local last week and um, was pretty astounded by how strong the deck still is uh, I was playing the uh, the three Jace, three uh, Snapcaster version, um, and uh, and I'm playing a couple of counterbalances. I uh, thought the deck was really just super smooth. Uh, it felt uh, it just felt super strong, and I never you know playing against the other fair decks, you just feel like you can't you can't lose. You get to a point where you have not only you have board control, but you have just an overwhelming amount of cards, um, and Terminus is still. One of the best cards to play against the other two decks I just talked about, Delver and uh, Grixis Pile. So uh, I think we can expect to see Miracles start to eke its way back up into the into the meta in, in, in number one spot soon. Um, with Search for Escanta being a pretty interesting uh, card to to throw into that deck as well, uh, having you know being able to like impulse every single turn is is pretty good. Um, 
seeing that uh, lands is the other, uh, the, you know, Turbo Depths and lands are the other two big decks. It's not surprising that uh, the the Deathrite Shaman, Delver, and uh, Four Color Control decks are are uh, doing well, especially if lands uh, in the form of Turbo Depths or or uh, or just regular uh, red green lands is doing well. I'm not surprised to see that those decks are also doing well because they have main deck ways to answer cards like Life from the Loam uh, over over a long-term uh, game. Uh, however, uh, uh, Ad Nauseam Tendrils is sneaking sneaking back up uh, at fifth place, so I, I'm not I'm also not surprised to see that because I suppose its matchups probably fine against Miracles, um, and then it's probably being edged out by by Grixis Delver, which you know plays plays Days, plays Spell Pierce plays uh plays you know enough disruption and uh and threats that they can uh they can get in uh early so that's that's not surprising um and then uh death and taxes obviously uh bringing up the rear with Sultai Delver Sultai Delver probably just doesn't isn't putting up the numbers that Grixis and four color control are being that 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 uh those two decks are sort of the the go-to underground C deck right now um so Sultai Delver, uh, I'm not surprised, but it's uh, it, it's very interesting to see Tarmogoyf come back into the metagame, um, and I think part of that is just because we're not seeing as many uh, fatal pushes nowadays. Uh, people have realized that everyone's going to stop playing their Tarmogoyfs, so now we're seeing cards like uh, Gurmog Angler and Trinity Nemesis uh, stopping you from making uh, use out of your fatal pushes, um, and then the fatal pushes... Uh, when they rotate, people start playing uh, Tarmogoyf again. I, I know I've talked about this several times before. Uh, this particular Sultai Delver deck is not playing Gurmog Angler. They're playing two Tombstalker, which I think is a pretty good call because that not, not only can you block someone's Delver with it, uh, but also the card's just really, really solid. And I think uh, you know have, having a card that flies over your opponent, a Gurmog Angler, uh, is is pretty solid. So. The other thing that uh, this Soltide Delver list has is two Liliana the Last Hope, which I really I really like in this deck. Uh, one because you're uh, you're able to get it down and it sort of just creates a per permanent bird pre uh, permanent board presence for your opponent um, to deal with it, uh, that will eventually kill them if they don't uh, if you ultimate that that card's just beyond ridiculous. Uh, it, it's at the beginning of your upkeep. Uh, sorry, at the beginning of your instep, put a two two zombie token into play equal to x where x is the number plus two uh of zombies in play already so it starts out to four uh six zombie you know it, it just gets out of control pretty quickly um and, and any other uh control deck that normally would be able to um edge Del uh, a delver deck out of the meta like miracles really has trouble probably dealing with liliana the last hope so i i, I really like that inclusion in the deck um so uh the decks I played uh, this week at the local uh, play, when I was playing Miracles, um, round one I went up against a fellow named Adam, and he was on, um, yeah, he was on the red, the like red, uh, it, it's a red like Duretti deck. Uh, so he he was like this red and black Duretti into uh, I, I'm. Guessing, I, I thought he was on a Blightsteel deck, but it turned out he was he was actually trying to weld in uh, the Grindstone Painter combo. Um, luckily, you know, uh, 
as a Miracles player, it's pretty easy to get your opponent's creatures off the board. So, uh, you know, that plan being a creature-based plan uh, didn't didn't hold much value against against me. And I was able to beat him pretty pretty swiftly in, in two games. The, the next match was... Uh, was a Delver uh, match. It was uh, it was actually Pile, uh, not Delver, and um, that uh, you know that that's one of those areas where I think Miracles really really doesn't have too much of a problem at because they're not really doing anything uh, in their deck that you can't answer. And even Jace the Mind Sculptor, like in, in a in a situation where your win condition is Jace the Mind Sculptor and your opponent has a Jace the Mind Sculptor too, I think uh, I think it's just a, the Jace race goes to the Miracles deck. Because you can better protect uh, protect your uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor, and then on top of that, you're able to uh, put your opponent in situations uh, where you know he's looking at the top of your deck. You're casting Predict to get stuff off the top of your deck. Uh, you know, Counterbalance is doing is doing work, but the main the main way that the four color control deck is going to win is through uh, casting Deathrite Shaman. So. Without, without, uh, sorry, Death, Deathrite Shaman or or Leovold, and and knowing that like Leovold is is going to be a a trade off of you know all sorts of plowshares. You draw a card, but I don't have to deal with that card ever again. I think that uh you know you're you're just better off uh, as as the miracles player. Um, so and in the third round, I ended up playing a uh, well, I didn't know what was going on, but he had out five lands, uh, and I was. Assuming that I was playing against a pile deck, uh, but it turned out my opponent was on Storm, and that was a a real surprise. Uh, it, it turned out pretty quickly uh, after after his fifth land that he was able to just go off, and I had no idea what was happening because I had seen Thoughtseize, I had seen Gitaxian Probe, and at that point I was angling more towards playing a control a control deck against a creature deck that was not getting its guys out, then uh, brainstorming away my sorts of plowshares and finding uh, more counter magic. So uh, he got me in the first game, uh, and then in the second game, uh, I was able to surgical extract his uh, his dark rituals, and then I surgical extracted his duresses, um, and he still ended up going off against me. Uh, I, I, I When I looked in his hand, he had two ad nauseums, uh, sorry, he had two tendrils in his hand and a past in flames. And so the problem with the, with, with that was I knew that if he was able to draw out a few more turns, he would just be able to hard cast both of them off of, off of some ritual. Like I was sure that I was going to see cabal ritual happen soon. Um, but instead he cast reign of filth, which I tried to counter. Um, and, uh, he, he let go and then he cast rain of filth again. Uh, that allowed him to get up to, uh, a storm count of four against me. Uh, when he, when he finally casts my, his, uh, first tendrils and then the second tendrils, he just sacked all his land and cast. And that was enough. I was at 16 at that point. So it didn't take much for him, for him to kill me. Uh, fortunately he was one Oh and one, uh, and I was two and Oh. And, uh, so when we got done the tournament, I ended up, taking the prize home. It was an eight man tournament. So, uh, that was kind of cool. I, I got to walk away with, uh, with a prize, even, even though I lost last place. Uh, so that was cool. Um, so I guess, uh, the next topic I should bring up is the pro tour this weekend. Uh, it's modern, I know, but, um, you know, uh, it was pretty interesting to see the modern pro tour be full of decks that weren't your standard modern decks. 
Uh, I mean, there were what six different decks in this uh, in this format. We had two two humans decks, a hollow one deck, a shadow deck, pyromancer uh, in in uh, Mardu and in blue red, and lantern control. Lantern control taking it. So uh, I mean, no one's happy about that. But still, um, it's pretty interesting. This 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 hollow one deck looks like something that we we could actually see in Legacy. Um, with, uh, you know, maybe splashing blue or even like in the red, black reanimator deck, just throwing those in as a, as a thing that, that, that deck can do as well. Um, I, I really was skeptical about this hollow one situation, but, uh, it, I mean, it made it to the top eight of a pro tour, so it's got some, some level of power to it for sure. Um, the the shadow deck was was a four color shadow deck uh and 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 a deck like this almost looks like you're playing legacy in in the modern format especially when the only real difference between these decks is if you're playing uh legacy you're you're throwing in dazes and force of wills and playing blue but you're still playing shockland so this is a great budget deck for someone who's who's looking to get into uh into legacy because the the decks the deck lists I'm looking at for uh, Shadow in in Legacy aren't really that much different than the the modern deck. The modern deck costs uh, fourteen hundred dollars, and I think if we look at Shadow for uh, let's see, Death Shadow for uh, Legacy, we've got uh, the Robert Stark uh, Shadow Stalker. Let's go, let's go with uh, uh, a competitive league event for a five and zero here. Uh, so it's nineteen hundred for uh, for the version in legacy and honestly like that the only difference is because there's a tropical island and and a uh underground sea there and it's still playing uh three watery graves uh in the main and it's basically just the same thing in in legacy as it is in is in modern but you get to play with ponder uh brainstorm all these cards are easily easily uh purchasable gataxian probe who doesn't love playing gataxian probe in their in their death shadow deck so uh, this is a pretty interesting deck, and I think it, I think it's got some legs in this in this format, especially uh, if you look at you know seeing seeing a deck that uh, you want to play uh, just to get into the format. Uh, you know the 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 threats are for Death Shadow, which if you're playing modern, you might even already have. You've got you get to play with Deathrite Shaman for you know for a little bit longer at least. Uh, We'll see how long that lasts. Uh, it's a Delver of Secrets deck, so you know you get to you get to see what it, what it's like to play Delver of Secrets. Two anglers, four street wrath that are obviously there just to um, you know come back and play. And honestly, I don't know why this deck doesn't play um, maybe a uh, a reanimate or two uh, here because it actually kind of goes with the Death Shadow plan. You know, reanimating a, a street wraith on on turn two. We're on turn one, even you know, fetch. What's that? Uh, fetches three. Uh, Taxium probe four, five street race six, seven, and then uh, that puts you down twelve life. So you could actually cast street wraith on turn one, untap, uh, play another fetch land, and you'll have a five five death shadow, I think, and a street street wraith in play. Which doesn't sound like the most ridiculous start to uh, to a tournament, but when, when you have four dazes and four force of wills in your deck, uh, if you can tempo your opponent out for just a couple of turns, that's it. The game is over. Um, so that that looks like a pretty interesting uh, a deck to play in the format. Uh, 
And the sideboards, sideboards got some of the greatest cards ever printed in, in Magic. You know, him to Torak, Flusterstorm, Diabolic Edict. Um, they're playing one Liliana the Veil and one and one uh, Liliana Last Hope. So I think this is a solid deck to choose if you're going if you're going to try and look into the format. Um, yeah. Uh, so what else happened this week? I got to do an interview with uh, with Chris Cox, uh, the president and CEO of uh, Wizards of the Coast. That was pretty cool. Um, we talked about Chris's uh, entrance to. Uh, two wizards and uh, his his uh, his his past cred with uh, with uh, you know card games, board games, and all the stuff that uh, Wizards of the Coast offers, um, and that was really enlightening. Uh, it was cool to uh, you know just get get a chance to sit down and talk with him. And uh, Rich Rich Stein of of uh, Hipsters of the Coast uh, also was with me on that, and we got to ask some really really interesting questions. We got a little bit of insight into what's going on with Arena, and uh, I think one of the coolest p- things that I want to share here uh, and kind of highlight about uh, about Arena that he shared with me is that they are looking to go uh, to move towards doing coverage with Arena, which I really, really like. Um, they're going to have regular uh, paper paper magic coverage as well, but they're going to be mixing in uh, that that uh, arena coverage with with the paper coverage, and as the game expands, you know, if we support arena, the game's going to expand uh, up to modern, into legacy, possibly vintage, over the next few years. Um, there's just something viscerally excellent about the way that um, the digital card games look when uh, tournament coverage is being shown. As far as as far as games like uh, Hearthstone are concerned. The, it just it's so much more streamlined it just looks better and it's so much easier to watch than trying to look sideways on the screen to see like what card is what and like also I, I don't think that this is not at the forefront of wizard's mind but uh what was it dragons of pro tour uh uh pro tour where uh, uh sorry dragon dragons of tarkir pro tour where there were like three separate cheating uh situations um, one of them not being cheating, uh, pet, uh, pet Chapin just had like a, an extra draw and they fixed that rule since then. But these little, these little hiccups in PR, uh, get completely eradicated by doing, uh, digital coverage, which I think is, is really smart on the part of Wizards. So I, I think that it would be, uh, it's in their best interest, one, to offer coverage that just can't show that sort of scrutiny, uh, for, and, and like cheating just not an option that can happen on there. Uh, on their uh, coverage, but uh, also uh, it just looks so much better. I, I I really appreciate what it looks like. Uh, you know, as as a consumer watching the game, you know, I'm sure if you've ever seen any of the Hearthstone games, they can set it so that both sides of the board are face up, so that you can see what your what the uh, players are playing, and it's it's just much. It's one. It's much more entertaining. Two. It's just a much better experience for the viewer. Um, so aside from that, um, you know, some of the other things we talked about uh, were how, how well they're going to be supporting streamers in the future for Arena. Um, Wizard seems like it really wants to b- buckle down and uh, make sure that people people are uh, promoting this as their, as their flagship product uh, for, for the digital realm. And that's not to say that they don't want to deal with uh, Moto as well, but uh, I, think, I think right now they're interested in uh, having this experience be something that they can use for, you know, f- uh, for coverage and to get, to get new players into the game, but also to, to kind of uh, revitalize the, game, the, the, the uh, player base that 
hadn't been playing uh, Magic Online, being that this is a, a Unity platform uh, product, it means that, uh, much like Hearthstone, it can be put into the iTunes shop. Uh, it can be played on a Mac. It can be played on a PC. You know, there, there are a lot of digital venues uh, for, for them to take uh, Arena that they just, you know, for, for logistical reasons, can't do with, with Moto. So uh, as a person who picked up Moto somewhat recently, I'm not too worried about it. I know there's people have some feelings about that um, that are embedded into the Moto scene. But, uh, you know, I don't think they're going to get rid of Moto anytime soon, uh, or, or if ever, for that matter. There's no there's no real reason for them to stop supporting it. I think it's it's running at a clip that they're just fine with, but they want to they want to produce something that is a little bit more uh, user user friendly and uh, and visually interesting to the to the consumer. And I think that's a that's a good uh, good thing for everybody, honestly. Um, yeah, uh, so it, it was kind of cool. Also, this week uh, I got uh, because of that interview, I got my first feature ever on. Uh, on Wizards of the Coast website, which, uh, you know, as, as a person who does a podcast almost exclusively nowadays, I almost never get. So it was kind of great to, to be able to use those pod, podcast skills to, to get that interview in and, uh, and then also be recognized by Wizards. So that'll, that's pretty, uh, pretty cool for me. I, I, I definitely didn't never think that I would end up being, uh, on on the, uh, Wizards of the Coast website as, as like a featured writer just because my, uh, my writing style is is so personal. Uh, it's more of a you know day in the life of kind of thing, and and the podcast is is completely you know not not the sort of thing that's that's sort of mass consumable uh, uh, for the most part. It's 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 very niche. So that it was cool. Um, what else can I talk about? Uh, might this, that might just be everything. Uh, oh, I'm going to Toy Fair this weekend. Uh, Wizards uh, is doing like a little Toy Fair. Uh, expo uh, in two weekends, uh, so uh, that'll be that'll be cool. I'm gonna go go out there and I'm gonna uh, you know see see what see what offerings they have. Maybe I'll talk about that a little bit on the on the podcast in two weeks. And uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be a blast. Uh, and then aside from that, uh, you know, uh, it comes down to as as Nate and I like to do. What are you doing this weekend? Uh, Nate will probably be recovering, uh, and we hope we <laughs> we hope he gets well soon. Uh, uh, I'm going to go on my, uh, my sort of like, uh, uh, let's call it a tier two honeymoon. My, uh, uncle is paying to have me, uh, come out to Florida with my wife and we're gonna, we're gonna hang out with him and, uh, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a magic free weekend, but, uh, it should be, it should be a lot of fun hanging out with the fam. Uh, so the other things that are going on in the magic realm, uh, I think I think that pretty much covers everything. So uh, anyhow, uh, thanks for bearing with me on this, uh, Nate. I hope you feel better soon, and uh, that's uh, that's it for uh, for Eternal Turtles this weekend. Uh, have a good one, guys. Where does he get those wonderful toys?